It reminds me of a string of wet sponges. It reminds me of tattered washing on the line. It reminds me of stale bean soup, of college yells, of dogs barking idiotically through endless nights. It is so bad that a sort of grandeur creeps into it. It drags itself out of the dark abyss of pish and crawls insanely up to the topmost pinnacle of posh. It's rumble and bumble, it's flap and doodle, it's boulder and dash. That is what the American journalist Mencken wrote in 1921 about the inaugural address of the President Warren Harding. Harding was not amused, but he decided to do something about it. So he hired a Washington Times reporter, Judson Welliver, to become his literary clerk. And in effect, Judson Welliver was the first speechwriter. And that's how it all began. Um, and we've come a long way since. Speechwriting is now an official profession. It is not only a craft, a skill, an art. For most of us, it's an occupation, a job, a living. And for some of us, for me, speechwriting is even a vocation, a mission, a calling. And twice a year, Brian brings us all together. And it's my honor to welcome you all here in Oxford, here at Lady Margaret Hall, here at the European Speechwriters Conference. We have two days to exchange tips and tricks, expertise and experience, wit and wisdom, of course. Because sometimes speechwriting is a lonely way of life, especially in Finland, but you will hear more about that later. Um, but first, First, we turn our attention to Scotland. When I teach students how to use flattery in speeches, because flattery is a very important way to, uh, to attach your public to a speaker, I always show them the speech of David Cameron gave in Aberdeen two days before the Scottish referendum. Um, maybe you'll remember it. He said something like, Great Britain has only become Great Britain because of the greatness of Scotland, because of the thinkers, writers, artists, leaders, soldiers, inventors who made this country what it is. And then he names people like J.K. Rowling and Alexander Fleming. But of course he made a big mistake. It's a wonder he didn't lose the referendum on us because he didn't mention Roger Evans. <laughs> because Roger is the heart and soul. He is the ghost behind Scottish politics. <laughs> Since 1999, he writes speeches and bills and other notes for Scottish members of parliament. And in between all that crucial work, he still believes that the Highlands are alive with the sound of music. <laughs> Because, as he would describe it himself, he is a recovering music journalist who was once at the wrong place at the wrong time, 
and thus became a speechwriter. It's not amazing that his favorite quote is from Zelda Fitzgerald's. I wish I could write a beautiful book to break those hearts that are soon past to, that are soon to cease to exist. A book of fate and small neat worlds and of people who live by the philosophies of popular songs. Today, Roger is at the right place at the right time, especially because Roger Evans, and yes, that is a Welsh name, was born here in Oxford. Roger. <laughs> 